is as breath in your body, there is hope. Welcome to Think Hope Podcast. I am your hopeologist, Dr. Rosalind Lewis Tompkins, and I am here to help facilitate your journey of hope. And we are so excited about today's podcast because we will hear an interview that I did with one of our April uh, National Month of Hope Hopi Awardees for 2022, and that's none other than Mr. Desmond Mead. Yes, Mr. Desmond Mead. And I tell you, uh, the more I found out about Mr. Mead, uh, and I would say um, he has uh, a JD uh, degree in law, and the more I found out about him, the more I was so excited and also convinced that he was definitely deserving of this Hopi Award that we'll be giving out uh, in April to Mr. Desmond Mead, along with the other uh, list of Hopi Awardees that we'll be sharing at a later date because time is winding down as the Hope Train is moving down the track. We are making our way to April And we have so much that's leading up, that we're leading up to the National Month of Hope. And we are kicking off officially in March. We're going to kick off our campaign, Hope, Pass It Along. So for the next two months, we'll 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 share with you some exciting things that we'll be able to do as we're leading up to the National Month of Hope in April. And, And as well as once we get into April, National Month of Hope. We're having some, some wonder, wonderful events, and we'll also be able to share the full list of our Hopi awardees. But on today's broadcast is that we will be able to share a, in, an interview that I did with Desmond Mead, the president of the Florida Rights Restoration Coalition. And I'd just like to start off by reading a short bio of Mr. Mead, and then I'd like to read one of my blogs that I wrote for the Tallahassee Democrat blog, as well as now we're in the Capital Outlook newspaper. I'm going to start off by reading Mr. Mead, Desmond Mead's bio, and then we'll move forward. Desmond Mead, president of the Florida Rights Restoration Coalition. Desmond Mead is the president of the Florida Rights Restoration Coalition, FRRC, chair of Floridians for a Fair Democracy, and a graduate of Florida International University College of Law. FRCC is recognized for its work on voting and criminal justice reform issues. A formerly homeless returning citizen, Meade has overcome many obstacles to eventually become its president and executive director. He led FRCC to a historic victory in 2018 with the successful passage of Amendment 4, a grassroots initiative 
which restored voting rights to more than 1.4 million Floridians with past felony convictions. It was considered the nation's greatest expansion of voting rights in decades. Meade has testified before congressional members and staffers and was a part of a delegation to the United Nations where he gave testimony regarding disenfranchisement in Florida. Recognized by Time Magazine in 2019 as one of the 100, 100 most influential people in the world, Meade empowers and civilly engages local communities across the state and reshapes local, state, and national criminal justice policies. He has made numerous appearances on radio and television and has spoken before national organizations such as the United States Conference of Catholic Bishops and Bread for the World. As a matter of fact, Mr. Desmond Mead is also a MacArthur Foundation Genius Grant winner, and we'll talk a little bit more about that, but that is a very prestigious award that is only given to a select few. I wrote a blog entitled, What Brings Me Hope? And one of the things that I talked about was hope dealers in the article. My heart broke into pieces when I heard about the recent suicide deaths of 30-year-old Chesley Christ, former Miss USA, and Regina King's 26-year-old son, Ian Alexander Jr. As we prayed for the families of these precious souls, I felt an urgent need to continue to spread the message of hope. Mothers in Crisis theme for this year's hope campaign is hope, pass it on. One of the ways that we're doing that is by giving out Hopey, which stands for Helping Others Practice Enduring Empowerment Awards during April National Month of Hope. I interviewed Hopi awardee Desmond Mead for Think Hope Podcast and was surprised to learn that he, too, is a hope dealer. Mead spreads hope by sharing his testimony of overcoming many obstacles, including drug addiction, incarceration, and homelessness. At the height of his addiction, he was on the verge of committing suicide by jumping in front of a moving train, and the only reason he is alive today is because the train did not come. He thanks God that it did not, and he was able to enter a treatment program. Once clean, he went back to school and eventually graduated from Florida International University College of Law with a Juris Doctorate. Since then, he has been busy, and in 2018, as president of the Florida Rights Restoration Coalition, he was instrumental in getting Amendment 4 passed, restoring voting rights for 1.4 million Floridians with past felony convictions. When I see how the Lord is using Desmond Mead, and then I think about what would have happened if that train had come, it chills me to my bones. I ask myself, how many Desmond Meads are out there right now contemplating suicide? Well, considering that according to the Center for Disease Control, suicide is the 10th leading cause of death in the United States, the number is staggering. 
we can all become dealers in hope by simply reaching out to others and showing that you care. Also, by letting people know that they are not alone and if professional help is needed, advocating for them. Hope. Pass it on. And that's what we're doing with this Think Hope podcast. It is one of the ways that we are passing on this hope that we have received. And now we're going to prepare our hearts to hear the interview with Desmond Mead right after a hope thought. This hope thought is very important because it is entitled Dealers in Hope. And right after we hear this hope thought, we'll come back and we'll hear the interview that I did with Mr. Desmond Mead. I'm hopologist Dr. Rosalind Lewis Tompkins, and I am here to share a hope thought with you today. Taken from my book, As Long as There's Breath in Your Body, There is Still Hope, and my Practice of Hopeology booklet. Learn how to become more hopeful and get your hope thoughts today guaranteed to lift you from a place of sorrow and despair and help you to think hope. Join me now for your hope shot for today. A leader is a dealer in hope. That is a quote that is attributed to Napoleon Bonaparte. I remember the first time someone called me a hope dealer. We were at an event on one of our Hope Fridays that we celebrated for several years. As we were there, we ran into some fellow believers and told them, Happy Hope Universe Day, and shared with them who we were and what we were doing. And one of the men looked at us and said, You all are hope dealers. And we just smiled and kept going. As I thought about that, I ran across the quote that a leader is a dealer in hope and I pondered it and I realized the essence of what that was saying that yes as a leader we must bring hope to our teams whether it's corporate America a small business church nonprofit organizations or even families that we lead. If we bring hope, we can help inspire people to do the best that they could possibly do. Because when you think about it, the opposite of that would be to bring something negative or from a place of wishful thinking. True hope dealers know the power of hope. They know the source of hope. And they understand how to release this hope. Hope is visionary because it is about the future. It is about tomorrow. And as a leader, you have to be able to see, no matter how difficult the times may be right now, there is hope. We're going to make it through this. A leader is truly a dealer in hope. Deal some hope today and watch the productivity of your organization or family 
or team, rise with hope. I'm Dr. Rosalind White Lewis Tompkins, and I pray that you have enjoyed this Hope Thought for today. For more Hope Thoughts, please listen to Think Hope Podcast. If you'd like more information about how you can become involved with the Hope Campaign, please visit makeahopeconnection.com. You can also go to practiceofhopeology.com. Remember, as you plant the seeds of hope into the garden of your heart, blessings will spring forth. It is just such a blessing to have with us one of our Hopi Awardees for 2022 uh, April National Month of Hope, none other than Mr. Desmond Mead, who is the president of the Florida Rights Restoration Coalition. So welcome, Mr. Mead, to Think Hope Podcast. Dr. Thompson, thank you. Thank you so much uh, for having me. Um, and I am really honored that Mothers in Crisis is, uh, have selected someone like me to, uh, to receive this award. I tell you, I've been, been looking, you know, doing a little research on you and listening to some of the things that you, that you have out online and some of the things that you have been able to do as I've uh, previously read your bio so everyone knows uh, who you are. And I tell you, I am so impressed. You are definitely deserving of what we call a HOPI Award, which stands for Helping Others practice enduring empowerment and it's all about uh it's all about promoting the public awareness of hope through public advocacy and we look for those individuals who are definitely doing that so i just want to say once again congratulations and uh so excited to have you here and what i'd like to start off by doing is just in your own words i mean there's so much um, that you've been able to accomplish. But let's start off by just talking about what are some of the challenges that you have had to overcome? Wow. You know, first of all, uh, uh, Dr. Tompkins, listen, I, you know, I was hoping that you caught, you know, or saw one of the pictures uh, that I have out there, particularly even in social media. Because uh, one of the one of my favorite shirts that I've been wearing over the past several years is a shirt that basically says I'm a hope dealer, right? Are you serious? Um, I am I so serious. It. I was waiting for you when you saying that you did your research. <laughs> I thought you were going to say, you know, hey, I even see you with the shirt talking about you a hope dealer, right? <laughs> because I am so big on that, you know, and. And, wow. and, and I think it, it fits into the question that you asked about the adversities that I had mm-hmm. faced because it, I guess it's through those adversities uh, uh, that, you know, I've really uh, learned the importance of hope. You know, because let me tell you, there was a time, Dr. Tompkins, when I didn't even ha- I didn't have any hope whatsoever. None. Right. And, wow. and, and I, I had found myself standing in front of railroad tracks in South Florida, waiting on a train to come. So I can jump in front of it, right? 
Um, at, at that time, I was at the lowest point of my life. My God. I was homeless. I was addicted to crack cocaine. I was recently released from prison. I was unemployed. Didn't own anything but the clothes that was on my back, right? And I didn't, I didn't have any kind of hope, right? I didn't see right. a brighter future ahead. I, like I tell folks, I didn't see any light at the end of the tunnel. And I was ready to end my life. You know, um, you know, I, I was raised in a Christian family. Uh, and uh-huh. I know that my parents didn't raise me to be in that position, but there I was that day. Um, and the main thing that was going through my head was just thinking about how much pain I was going to have to endure when that train ran over my body. You know, but, but God had other plans, though. Dr. Yeah. And for some reason, because the tracks where I stood was a very busy thoroughfare, right? Uh-huh. Trains passed there all the time, two, three train, uh, trains each hour. But for that day, not one train came by, not when I was there. Wow. And I ended up crossing those tracks and, and walking a, a few blocks further and checking myself into drug treatment. Uh, and after completing a four-month program, I moved uh, back into a, a homeless shelter. And I fit back in, too, because I, you know, I was homeless uh, for quite some time. And uh, I moved into a homeless shelter, and while there, I decided to to go to school to do something to help break that vicious cycle of drug abuse, drug addiction. And, you know, I, I enrolled in a local community college in Dade County, uh, did extremely well, uh, and got a few degrees under my belt and eventually got accepted in the law school. And in May of 2014, I walked across that stage and got a Juris Doctorate degree. Wow. Congratulations. (laughs) That is so powerful. And let me just say something. I want to say something uh, personally to you, uh, Mr. Mead here, uh, or Desmond, if I I can call you that. Um, Definitely. I heard your your talk to the Tiger Bay Club here in, in the city of Tallahassee. And a part, a part of that testimony when you shared about going to the church and, Ooh, uh, yes, and then yes. the pastor that was there did not take the time, did not even understand where you were and did not take the time to minister to you. I'm telling you, as a, a woman of God uh, and as one who, through Mothers in Crisis, uh, we have worked with thousands of men, especially women, and then and some men and children uh, who were in that same situation that you were in, that I was in before, uh, now I'm celebrating 30, uh, 30 plus years clean, but I just want to say that All my right. just thank whenever that happened to you. And, and, and I said to myself, I, I apologize <laughs> on her behalf. And, and on the body of Christ, because as leaders and, and those of us who are in the ministry, that's what we're called to do. But thank God that God is bigger than any of us. And, yep, that, yep, and that even yep. though that opportunity from that source was missed, God performed a miracle. And mm-hmm. he allowed you to still be here with us because you had so much to do, your purpose and your destiny <laughs> and all of those things. So. It's just, yeah. you know, it's just exciting to to have you with us and to hear 
you share a little about your testimony because a lot of times people they see what you're doing now but they have no idea what you're going through and you happen to be one of those that don't mind uh, sharing about it but the work that you're doing now Desmond is so important especially with what's happening with voting rights and, and all of the things that are that are that are taking place in our state and around the nation that's, that's kind of taking us out of that and, and trying to turn back the hands of time so, so mm-hmm. let's talk about what you were able to do through the Florida Rights Restoration Coalition in 2018 when you were able to successfully get the restored restored voting rights to more than 1.4 million Floridians uh, in past felony conditions. I tell you, that I, that number is, is just mind-boggling. Well, let me tell you, um, it, 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 is, it, it is amazing. You know, um, Florida, at one point, Florida was one of four states uh, that permanently disenfranchised its citizens, which meant that uh, if anyone were to get a felony offense for anything, right, uh, something as, as simple as uh, releasing balloons in the air or disturbing turtle nesting eggs or trespassing on a construction site, you know, once a person is convicted of a felony, they lost the right to vote as well as their other civil rights for the rest of their life, right? And and it was amazing because, you know, people like me who made mistakes in the past, you know, um, and have gotten, like, arrested, gotten convicted of, of whatever it is that they've done, you know, they're, if they're caught, they're punished. And after they serve their time or complete their punishment, there's still a, 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 a faith with a lifetime of, of collateral consequences, right? Mm. It's like, it's like their punishment never ends. It's almost like they are they remain in bondage, right? And so my mind go back to uh, the children of Israel when they were slaves in Egypt, and God sent Moses to tell Pharaoh to let his people go, right? We had a similar approach, right? Where we I was inspired by God, right, to actually go on this campaign to create this campaign. Uh, and yeah. basically, the rallying cry for the campaign was, let my people vote. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Our, our campaign was, I, I thought was an amazing campaign because it was a campaign uh, that was very simple. And it, it, it really was based on on some, uh, some very grounding principles of, of forgiveness and redemption, uh-huh. right? Um, because I, I, I always used to like to tell folks, especially uh, even uh, a lot of, say, for instance, conservative Christians, I always used to remind them of the story of when Jesus was on the cross, right? And as he was dying for our sins, you know, there was a so-called criminal that was next to him uh, who um, asked Jesus to be saved. And I always used to tell folks that Jesus did tell that person that he had to wait five or seven years, right? Uh, right. What he said was, this day ye shall enter into paradise. And that was just so indicative. That exchange there yes. was so indicative of what our faith is based on, grace, forgiveness, mm-hmm. you know. And, and, and so we was a very simple campaign uh, uh, that was about 
you know, second chances, uh, and, and, and we were driven by love, right? And we were able to actually run an entire campaign without having to attack anybody, without wow. having to create fear or division among people in, in the state. We, we actually did the exact opposite. We brought people together from all walks of life, all political persuasion, to actually address this issue. And I tell folks that the most proudest moments in November of 2018, when we were able to get uh, Amendment 4 passed to restore voting rights to 1.4 million Floridians, that we showed the world that love can in fact win the day because those votes that we received was not votes based on hate or fear, but rather votes based on love, forgiveness, and redemption. You know, that is so powerful. That is so powerful. It just reminds me, as you were talking, of Dr. Martin Luther King, Jr., and the, the platform of love uh, that he that he uh, was able to do so much from that place of love. And uh, as he so famously says, love is the only thing that can that can drive out hate. Hate cannot yeah. drive out hate. And, and to see that in action, it's, it's just, it just really brings me hope just listening to you yeah, <laughs> and, yeah you, and, <laughs> you know we just got through celebrating his birthday um uh -huh. and one of the things that 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 um I, I was speaking at an event and i was talking about how you know even today in these times we're, we're when we're seeing a lot of hatred and fear and division right and, uh -huh. and and really recognizing that a lot of this that we're seeing that's dividing our communities and country is based on fear, right? Uh, yes. uh, uh, and the fear, that, that was some of the same fear that Dr. Martin Luther King was, 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 was experiencing. And uh -huh. I really do believe that his message was not only a message to us uh, as African-Americans, but it was even a message to the oppressors because he was... In, 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 in a way, letting the oppressors know that, listen, our liberation does not mean your damnation, right? We're not going to be trying to exact revenge for what you and your uh, forefathers have done to our people. Don't think that, oh, oh it's a lot to be, you know, that saying about it ain't fun when the rabbit got the gun, right? Don't think because coming out of slavery... Uh, 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 we're going to hold on to this this animosity to a point where we want to destroy you. And you, your fear of right. being overwhelmed or destroyed by the people who you oppressed for so many years is unjustified because we're not coming to retaliate, right? We, we want to we sit together at a table of brotherhood with you, right? And I right. think that that was his message and a message that is so important even to the day because... There's so many folks that think that their safety, right, could only happen at our expense or at the uh, at the loss of lives of other people or the inconvenience of other people. Right, right. That's a that's a good point. And uh, and when you can come forth with that type of messaging, then you can't lose because there there are three eternal forces that that are in operation whenever we whenever we look at scripture in first corinthians 13 13 the the three eternal forces that will remain forever faith hope and love 
and the greatest of these is love. And we happen to be, as you, hope dealers as well. But we understand that when you can activate those three powerful forces to get anything done and you're coming from that place, you are unstoppable, brother. I tell you, you are unstoppable. And and one of the things that I'm so excited about is that the voice uh, and the messaging that, that's coming from you and from your your organization, the Florida Rights Restoration Coalition, is 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 positive, is is hope filled, and and I really believe is something that can can make a difference as we as we've already seen, as as you've already been able to accomplish. So so now, what's your what's your vision for the future? What are you working on now? Well, that's that's a great question. You know, uh, I. Over the years, I've always, you know, said that you know, I've used the adage that a chain is only as strong as its weakest link, right? And understanding that, you know, no matter how much weight you would want that chain to bear, it could only bear as much weight as the weakest link could handle, right? And and and, and so I do believe that, you know, that's the same for for our for our communities, for, for our state, for our country, that uh -huh. we could only be as great, we could only be as strong as those who are most weakened in our community, in our society, mm -hmm. right? Which means that if we want to be greater than what we are today, then we have to understand that, you know, our future is intimately connected to our ability to strengthen people in our community that's been most weakened, right? I, whether they're most weakened by by systems of oppression or this or, or racism, why, or, or they most weakened by systems that have denied them full access to the economy, or even by a narrative, right? Weakened by a narrative uh, uh, that generally says that some folks' lives are just less valuable than others, right? Right. And so my, my, my vision is to create a stronger Florida, a stronger community, a stronger country, right? Uh-huh. And, and, uh -huh. and I seek to do that or to realize that vision through empowering those people who have been most weakened. And I do believe that those people are people who have been impacted by the criminal justice system, people who have uh, been imprisoned or or have been convicted of of, of of crimes, right? That if we're able to empower those people, the sky's the limit for for our communities and our state. If we're able to love those that are most despised in our community, then mm -hmm. we'll be capable of loving everyone. Wow. Yes. Yes. That makes sense. And I'm, I'm definitely in, in agreement that uh, whenever we can reach out to those that are disenfranchised and help them to come up. So how, how exactly are you going to, and what are you doing? Because I understand you just received um, some type of, uh, I don't know, fellowship or something. Uh, that, that you, <laughs> yeah, maybe you, you, you help me out here. What, what was that that you just was awarded? <laughs> Yeah, so um, I, I was just named uh, a MacArthur Genius Fellow, 
Just to put it in context, um, this award, I think the only the, the the only thing greater that a citizen can get for other than the MacArthur is the Nobel Peace Prize. Wow. I have been so impressed. it's just that prestigious, yes. Yeah. <laughs> that is powerful. And and yeah. so with that, is that how you're going to uh, implement some things or programs, initiatives to empower the people? Well yeah, that and of course with with the work that we're we're doing um, uh-huh. uh, with Florida Rights Restoration Coalition, uh, a combination of all of that is, is, is really leads to the work. But here, here's the thing, right? Uh, um, uh-huh. uh, a couple of years ago, I was named uh, one of Time Magazine 100 most influential people in the world, right? Yes. And I kind of equate this, and of course, this award is, is much more prestigious than that, but the thing about it, both of these uh, 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 recognitions, is that it gives an, uh, uh, an opportunity to to shift the narrative, right? Uh-huh. Uh, one of the things that I remember speaking with uh, the folks from Time Magazine and told them on that particular issue, they put on uh, Dwayne The Rock Johnson on the cover. And uh-huh. I remember telling them that they made a mistake, they should have put me on the cover. Right, and and the reason the reason why I said that is uh-huh. so people when they look at that cover, what they'll see is that you don't need to be a movie star or a celebrity uh-huh. or an athlete to have an impact in your community or even the world. You don't right, need to be right, any right. of those. You don't need to be rich to 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 make a difference or to be a, a, a influential person. Right, um, but what you need is, is, is a commitment to serve, right, and to yeah. have that commitment be driven by love. And if people, when they're looking at that, at the, um, at the, um, at the magazine cover and seeing my my picture on there, and they'll look and they'll see, man, if that guy who was homeless and addicted to drugs and and had a criminal history, if he could turn around his life around and be one of the 100 most influential people in the world, then what does that say about me? What does that say about my possibilities? And that in itself would give people hope. People who are facing seemingly unsurmountable obstacles right now in their lives. It could be people right now that's listening to this podcast that's going through something and they don't see a way out, right? But so what I like about these this recognition is, is not necessarily what, what came with it, but the opportunity that it gives me to instill hope in other people. Yes, yes, that platform. I hear you. I hear you loud and clear. And, you know, since you put it that way, I, I would agree. As, as you were talking, I could see a movie. I don't know if that's something already in the works. <laughs> but... Um, but I know that uh, that is one medium that is very powerful and has a way of, of, of getting messages out there like, like no other. And uh, I could definitely see that. I wanted to ask you uh, about your thoughts about this SB90 that I, that's, that's now being challenged. Um, and uh, from my understanding, it, it's a law that's creating 
barriers and burdens um, for different communities to be able to vote? Is that is that within the scope of something that you guys are working on with the Florida Rights Restoration Coalition? Yeah, and I, I think we're 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 like digging deeper into this. Um, and what I mean by it, it's so easy to just tackle the surface of the problem, right? Uh huh. Uh huh. Uh, but you know what I've noticed in tackling the surface of the problem, right? We just exasperate the problem, right? Uh, okay. And, and we, we create even more division. I think you know the thing is is how do we how do we look deeper, right? How do we look deeper into the issue? Because here's the deal. Since this country was created, we have been faced with politicians that have a desire to pick who should vote for them, right? Mm -hmm. Rather than letting everybody be able to vote and decide who represents them. There's always been politicians that want to limit, right? And, and, and you know, you don't, you want you want people who to you want to allow people the right to vote who you think is going to vote the way you want them to vote, and for people who you think would not vote along the lines that you would like them to, you want to make it more difficult for them to vote. That you want to discourage them from voting. That is something uh, uh, that has been a plague in this this country for a while. Because as a matter of fact. Uh, uh, um, uh, Dr. Tompkins, you ready for this one? It has not been it has not been that long since women was even able to get the right to vote. Yes, I know. There was folks that were saying that women should be able to vote. That's true. That's so yep. true. And, and they were jailed. They were mm -hmm. jailed and they were brutalized and, and and ostracized because they wanted the right to vote. Mm -hmm. Right. But there yes. were people who said that they shouldn't. And so this is nothing new what we're seeing. And it's, I think it's vitally important for people to understand it's not about Democrat versus Republican, right? right. It's about yes. politicians, right, trying to really de uh, uh, determine what our democracy should look like or whether or not we should even have a democracy. Mm -hmm. and, and so... That is, is so vitally, vitally, vitally important, right? That we don't just look at it as, oh, one side is trying to stop us or, 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 or we're trying to limit the other side. We should look at what are we as Americans, right? What do we envision our democracy to be, right? And how can we collectively come together and make that a reality? Right now with SB90, you're seeing some of the same tactics, because let's back it up. Uh, just not too long ago, you know, you had folks on the other side of the aisle that was instituting poll taxes, instituting literacy tests, right? Uh, right. Um, and, and, and when that didn't happen, they actually used state-sanctioned violence and even murdered people to discourage us from voting. Yes. That was not too long ago. <laughs> You but, but you know the thing the thing that frustrates me though it's it's like haven't we gotten past that doesn't no. it seem like we're kind of spinning backwards a little bit whenever we see no. things like this happen mr me no we never left okay good point <laughs> we never left <laughs> good point we, we, we never we never ever left right the only thing was 
the oppression, the, the same type of oppression just takes on different forms or shapes. Okay, gotcha. But the substance never changed. You know, when you look back at 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 at, at the Reconstruction era, uh, uh, once uh, our uh, our ancestors were emancipated from from slavery, right? The, uh-huh. the the things that were put in place right then and there that criminalized such trivial things and uh, things that uh, they were expecting slaves to actually, or, or the newly freed slaves to actually commit, right, became crimes. And, and and people who were just uh, liberated or emancipated from slavery uh, um, were now being charged with crimes that caused them to lose their right to vote, right? Which, mm-hmm. and then they also became imprisoned because of those uh, 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 charges of conviction. And then were what were they? What happened to them when they were imprisoned? They were released out, right? through convict leasing programs, right? They was leased out to work on the same fields that they was just liberated from, right? And and, and then you, you've seen the different other tactics to, to, to minimize the African-American engagement or a level of civic engagement. That was something uh, that was orchestrated and it was a well-thought-out plan, right? That never changed. The only thing that changed is what party was utilizing those mechanisms to suppress our vote, mm-hmm. right? But the the uh, uh, discouraging civic engagement has never changed. Mm-hmm. It's been there. So we're not going back in time. We just have different perpetrators. Right. And and that's good because, because that brings me hope because I know that, you know, we've been able to overcome... Uh, we're very resilient people, and uh, no matter what what has come our way, we've yep. been able to continue to move forward. Uh, especially Amen. when you have individuals such as yourself uh, and the platform that you now have, uh, along with many others that are continuing to keep us moving forward and and bringing us to a a brighter a brighter day and a and an equitable equitable nation where we all have value no matter what and and our vote counts our voice counts uh you know all of that so i'm excited about what you're doing and and who you are and like i said before you are certainly deserving of of a hopey award so let me just ask you this what brings you hope <laughs> Let me tell you, uh, Dr. Tompkins, I think that, you know, there's a couple of things. Number one, you know, God blessed me with a beautiful family. Um, uh, a family that I didn't choose. Uh, he chose it for me, and I was just smart enough to recognize when God had something for me and just to accept it. And, and so just the engagement with my family, my, my, my wife and kids, that on one aspect gives me hope. And then the other thing that gives me hope is that when I see uh, uh, the moments of, of, of love, of kindness, that emerges from amongst regular people, you know, uh, different times. You know, there was 
you know, instances where um, one of the things I used to talk about was that, you know, like the aftermath of a hurricane or there was a natural disaster, that there were folks that just came together because they connected along the lines of humanity. And when I see talking to people loving, up, loving on each other, right, in spite uh, of the climate, the political climate that we're in, and in spite of all of the division and, and, and hatred and fear uh, uh, that, that, that is so thick right now in, in this country, when I see regular everyday people being able to pierce through all of that negativity and connect with someone who may not even look like them or think like them, but connect with them along the lines of, of humanity. Man, that tells me that, that, that there is an opportunity for our country to be in a much better state than we're in right now, right? And that gives yeah. me a lot of hope, yeah. just seeing the love of, 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 of people. Our messaging for this campaign this year is hope, pass it on. Mm, I love it. I love and it. And I want to thank you for being one who is who is passing on this hope, especially for this this population, and and everyone can can receive hope from you, from your story, and from the things that you're doing. But thank you so much, Doctor Tompkins. I appreciate that. All right, and thank you so much, Mister Me, for this interview. It's been very enlightening. And God bless you. God bless you, too. Have a great day. All righty. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Boy, I told you guys that was going to be a powerful interview. Now I'd like to bring in a couple of the Christ Vision Tribe members that are with us on this Cinco podcast, and I thank God for them and always being in queue and being a part of what we're doing because it takes a team in order for us to be able to accomplish the things that we're accomplishing and for the Hope Train to continue to move on. So we have with us tonight uh, Minister Nettie Palmore and then my dear husband, Pastor Kwame Lewis, and we'll bring both of them on. But we'll start with you, Minister Nettie. Let's go ahead and, and bring you in and get your feedback on what you heard and what you received from the interview. Nettie, are you there? Dr. Tompkins, how are you? I'm doing well, doing very well. So let's let's talk about the interview. Was it wasn't that fascinating? <laughs> yes, it was. I was just um, so amazed at all the things that um, Mr. Desmond Mead has been able to do. And Dr. Tompkins, I can attest to um, 2018 being a, a good year. Because my son, who um, uh, was an ex-felon, he hadn't been able to vote Dr. Tompkins in years. And when that was uh, passed, that Amendment 4, and when that went through for the first time, my son was able to vote. And he was so excited. And wow. he had his um, pen on, you know, the little sticker they give you, yes, you know, um, yes. I voted and it was just, you know, that was just a good time. And I know so many others that that has blessed as well. Yes. 1.4 million. That is a lot of people. 
And then yes. you hear that it was something that actually benefited your son. That is that is something, you know, that's really what what this is all about. We're talking about empowerment, Hopi Awards, helping others practice enduring empowerment. That is so yes. exciting. Well, I just thank God for that. And I thank God for his interview. I could just relate to the interview on so many um, points um, when he was sharing about being in front of that um, train and how he went there in that particular day. No trains crossed the track. And I remember when I didn't have hope when I uh, uh, met you and I was contemplating just uh, taking my life and wanting to give up and after you know drugs and alcohol and just such a a, a hopeless life but look at now I thank God that that didn't happen and I thank God for you with mothers in crisis and throwing me that rope of hope and I caught it and I'm holding on yes and now you're a hope, hope. too <laughs> yes <laughs> Well, that is so wonderful. Hope pass it all. Yes. Well, thank you so much for sharing. And, uh, and you know, one of the things about it, it is so wonderful when we can connect with, with others who are like-minded and, and who, are, who are moving this message of hope forward, like Mr. Mead. Yes. Thank you. Okay. So now we're going to hear from... Uh, Pastor Kwame Lewis, my husband, who is on the line, also one of our Christ Vision Tribe members. Hi, dear. Yes. Uh, good evening, and Carol uh, as well. Yes. Yes. So, wasn't that a wasn't that a wonderful interview? Oh yes. Um, very illuminating and um, uh, consistent with with uh, finding purpose. Uh, sometimes even in the darkness. Yes. What what well well what were you able to? to receive from that and and how could you relate to some of the things that he was talking about uh i i think uh first on 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 the uh regardless of 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 what the events might be in our lives that uh, uh-huh. when 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 god interrupts and and you find purpose uh regardless of what the 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 uh situations or the scenarios are uh, that it, it, it is now a real place of authority that you can come from where you now have a sense of, 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 of fulfilling something that is greater than you. And that I can relate to uh, quite um, powerfully and clearly, that it is not necessarily about how much money you make, but it's about how many lives you can affect and impact positively. Uh, uh-huh. That was one of the main things that I drew from from that, and you know, it's interesting that both of you all share that, and and even in the, in different spheres, but there's a common thread. Yes, and I, I really, really was able to connect with Mr. Mead on so many levels, but but the faith, hope, and love, and how he was talking about uh, how what he's doing and the whole campaign uh, of let my people vote was motivated by love and it was a campaign of love and and so I could certainly relate uh, on that level because that's what we're all about and but but mainly those three forces that I talked about faith hope and love and hope is the one in the middle 
and that's the one that we're we're moving ahead with. And then he's also uh, moving ahead with hope and identifies himself as a as a hope dealer. And then, of course, the testimonies of being, you know, formerly uh, in addiction and 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 being clean now, and not just sitting on our our hands, but actually doing something to help and to empower others. So. Yes, there were so many different different ways, uh, different levels in which I was able to, to relate to what Mr. Mead is doing. Yes, yes. Uh, as a matter of fact, um, one other thing that uh, I, I, I was, that captured my uh, um, memory was the same uh, position that, that Nelson Mandela came from when uh -huh. he was released uh, his perspective was to now circle whatever the problems were in in that power of love uh, for not just uh, the oppressed but also the oppressors and yeah. in so do he was able to uh, move the country uh, 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 together in a unified way where people began to see the common uh, power that, that, that they all ought to share in that freedom that comes uh, from that place of love. So I saw that in, 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 in some of what he shared, and I do agree, and I believe that that is a platform, as you just mentioned, 1 Corinthians 13.13, which you also mentioned in, 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 in the interview, that those are places that we all individually and, and, and on a larger scale uh, ought to uh, keep in focus. Yes, because you become unstoppable. We, we've seen it in uh, different movements here, right here in America, civil rights movement, uh, as I mentioned in the interview with Dr. Martin Luther King, Jr., and his whole, uh, his whole stance on nonviolence and, and love and, and, and all of that. And we see that it, it just produces so much fruit when we yeah. can partner with God <laughs> and come from yeah. that place. But, but but get things done. I mean, deal with the issues and and move forward to bring unity and empowerment. And that's why we're so very, very excited and just pleased and, and thank God for Mr. Mead and also him graciously accepting this Hopi Award, helping others practice enduring empowerment. So thank you so much for your your feedback is always uh, welcomed. It is always uh, needed, and uh, and you know, love you. Oh, I love you too. Keep hope All alive. Right. <laughs> Absolutely. Yes, yes. I hear it now. I hear that hope train coming down the track, and we are moving forward. We are counting down the time, and before you know it, we'll be into April, National Month of Hope. So we'll be having these Think Hope podcasts. I'll probably interview a couple of more of the Hopi awardees and, uh, and then tell you about some activities and events that will be taking place. Um, and I'm so excited about Detroit. I'm excited about Charlotte, North Carolina. I'm excited about different places where, where we'll be actually going. But nevertheless, we'll be encouraging everyone to pass on this hope. And if you'd like to find out more information about how you can do that, please visit makeahopeconnection.com or also visit practiceofhopeology.com. 
and you will see that this is a campaign that is going all around the world, all around the globe, and we're making a difference because we're serious about hope. I want to I end on just telling a little funny story that, that actually happened to me. I was, I was going on my walk the other day, and, um, and you know, I had my, I had my iPods in my ear, and, um, and so I read some, and, and I was listening, you know, to some music as I'm walking, and then I looked at something that was on my phone, and I said, I said, I said out loud to myself, um, are you serious? And, and then what popped in my ear, Siri, yes. I'm serious. I'm always serious, or something like that. And I was like, "What?" <laughs> you know. But I thought about it when I was talking about this this hope that yes, we are serious. We are serious about this hope. And if you are too, or you would like to be a part of this, then stay tuned and join us because together. We can make a difference. Thank you. God bless you. We love you. Until next time, hope. Pass it on. I'm hopeologist Dr. Rosalind Lewis Tompkins, and I am here to share a hope thought with you today. Taken from my book, As Long As There's Breath in Your Body, There Is Still Hope. And my Practice of Hopeology booklet. Learn how to become more hopeful and get your hope thoughts today guaranteed to lift you from a place of sorrow and despair and help you to think hope. Join me now for your hope shot for today. Hope gives purpose and purpose brings hope. It's like a coin with two sides. On one side is purpose, and on the other side is hope. And whichever way you flip it, it may come up purpose, and then you flip it again, it may come up hope, because both are needed. Hope brings purpose, and purpose gives us hope. I think about the times in my life where I was addicted to drugs and alcohol, I had no purpose, no true purpose, other than getting high. And there was no hope there, because the end thereof was death. As it says in the book of Proverbs, there is a way that seems right unto man, but the end thereof is death. It wasn't until I got pregnant with my daughter Janar, and I had another life growing inside of me, that I had purpose. Purpose came. And along with purpose came hope, hope to change my life, hope to have a better life for Janar, my daughter, because hope gives purpose and purpose brings hope. I call Janar my baby of hope because when she came, she gave me a reason to stop completely forever and I never looked back. Find your purpose. And you'll find your hope. Find your hope. And you'll find your purpose. Remember, as long as there's breath in your body, 
there is hope. <laughs>